0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com at Saks.com. It's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stot, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Sax.com.
0: Welcome to the Sarah and Vinny Secret Show, brought to you by Odyssey. This is the Sarah and Vinny Secret Show. Just a heads up episodes sometimes include content not suitable for work and definitely not safe for kids. Now available on the Odyssey
2: app. You want to know a dirty little secret about a
3: secret little show. Sarah and Vinny's secret show for a motherfucking Friday. Why are you smelling your pits? You're having a nobody had
2: to know that that just happened. Why? But why, though? I just you, wanted you to yourself? check myself real fast. It was check like, yourself. where am I at? You, at, at you know, you. this point in the day. Oh,
4: and nine in the morning.
2: I, I didn't shower this morning, so I just oh. wanted to check real quick, and it turns out I am good. Oh, that's nice. Great. That's great. A-okay. I had
3: breakthrough, I had breakthrough a couple weeks ago, and I was horrified. Because oh, I, no. I never have that. And uh, it was after that show that I went to. I think I told you guys about this, where I was watching this guy uh, playing guitar from the Mother Truckers, and he he's right. so, yeah. mm-hmm. so, so fucking good. Uh-huh. And I, I make my way through the crowd. Expecting to be groped at any moment, and I make my way over to John. I'm like, "Oh my god, can you believe how good this guy is?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, it's I'm rocking the fuck out." That was, you know, because you had to yell it was mm-hmm. so loud in there. And then, oh, hey, Maria. Hey, Maria. to that in. Yeah. So uh, then we left, and I'm, you know, we're driving home. I'm driving home, and uh, I realize I'm like, "God, I smell bo." Like, what? Did I did someone nuke me? And then I smell it, and I had fucking—I was like, did I maybe forget to put deodorant on?
4: Well, and
0: did you?
3: Well, I don't know what happened, but I had breakthrough. Like, I had stinky pits. I'm like, that never happens
2: to Was me. it a Friday, maybe?
3: Uh, that was a Friday night.
2: Okay, because I know that, like, before I had kids, I was pretty adamant about not having super long days. Like, I'd, you know, do our show, and I'd get a workout at the gym in, and then I was done. Mm -hmm. Go home and I'd walk the dog and I, you know, I mean, I had very, since I've had kids, I have these days where I'm like at by seven at night, I'm all, I haven't sat down or stopped going since three in the morning. And those are the days when there's that, that, that pit that like, you know what I need? A long shower. Yeah. Even if I don't smell, I feel like I need a long, I don't like long days. I love that. I
3: love that feeling. Like, I think that that's the thing I'd miss the most in the zombie apocalypse is the hot shower. I mean, there'd be a lot to miss, but we really take the hot shower for granted. Agree. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we are—we're like, there. Hundred years ago, there was a, not even any such a thing. Like they, true. You know, they'd have a bath. They'd heat the water over the logs that were burning.
0: It's like 15 years ago in Vietnam. We took a trip out there. There was no hot water. What? At oh. the oh. place at my place? my grandparents' house. Oh. It was my grandparents' house. It was a trip, like you know. Do we they pump showering. well
2: water in order to bathe and cook?
0: I don't remember how that happened. I was a little bit younger, but um, I think they 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 cooked some of the water to get some warm water. Well, if Well, you've needed got that. to
3: boil it if you're going to drink it. Oh uh, yeah, no, but that
0: was yeah. I forget how they did that, but it was and and there wasn't a toilet seat. It was like a hole in the ground oh, that, that had sense. a so, I love a that pea trap.
2: so awesome. It's very yeah. strange like how we can be living with all of these and we don't Amenities, even take them, right. We don't even consider them luxuries but we've got all these and then when I was in Nicaragua the same thing like the their shower is a flat spot on the ground where there's a hole below that the water can go down and they use a bucket. They go in there yeah. with a bucket and soap up and rinse off and mm-hmm. yep. And meanwhile they've got Nike's and they've got braces and they've got hair gel, but they also shower at in a flat bucket. spot in the house with a bucket. Can't remember, Crazy. really
3: call it a bucket. Mm-hmm. It's more like a just a bucket. Yeah, the hot shower is uh, an absolute fucking luxury. And if you're like sometimes you know you have like achy muscles or you you know you you had a hard day's work and you were hot and you just stand there. I just lean against the wall and let it pound my back. I feel guilty about it the whole time. But Wait, I like,
0: you I, mean John? Oh, never mind.
3: What? <laughs> Let it pound my back? Um, I see what you're saying. I, now I'm with you. No. I don't enjoy the showers as much when John's in there. Aww. You know why? Because we have two shower heads. And so when Come he turns on. on his shower head, the pressure in mine goes way down. I'm like, how am I supposed to rinse the fucking conditioner out of my hair with you using your stupid, your side of the shower? <laughs> <sighs>
0: God damn it! You have a huge shower, Sarah. So much space for you guys. Yeah, so I know, know. Sprays
2: coming out from all directions. What are you talking about?
3: When the spray, when the, when the stream is split into two shower heads, less it's pressure, way less pressure. I'm like Kramer on Seinfeld. Talk about
0: first world nice. problems.
3: Yeah, man. my God. Shit, we just right?
4: talked about people having a shower with buckets, and
2: you, you can't get the conditioner out fast enough. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ, God, what a bitch. <laughs> Okay, read this story, because we're going to run out of time, and I don't want to. I want to hear this story you teased us with. All right, so uh,
3: here we go. OFOC, slurps all around, very long-time listener, first-time writer. This lady's, I, I, I read that she actually apologizes here. I want to apologize in advance for the long email. Not that long. One, one and a quarter pages, single space. Like, this is nothing compared to that four-page tome, which actually the lady did do a nice job shortening yesterday. Uh, here we go. I'm a 37-year-old woman, married to my husband. I've been with for almost 14 years, married for six, and we have a two-year-old son. We met when I was 23 and he was 25. So they've been together a very long time. I knew prior to meeting my husband, my friend had set us up, that his father had passed away two years prior to us meeting we met each other's families very quickly and all became very close. We started do, all doing holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, et cetera, together about a year in. My mom, dad, brother, grandma, his mom and sister, husband's family lives in Fresno, so not too far. So it sounds like uh, his mom and sister would, you know, he'd lost his dad. And mom and sister were coming and joining their family okay. setups. And they, you know, great. they didn't marry for eight plus years, but they were definitely together. Uh, My brother is bipolar And extremely volatile And my husband's sister Is a handful She is now 35 and still lives with her mom Her boyfriend and they're now Three and a half year old child in a tiny house So safe to say my husband and I Do not get along great with our siblings So she doesn't do well with her brother Who's bipolar and he doesn't do well with his sister Who still lives with mom Okay. I got pregnant in July of 2020 With our little COVID baby And soon after that, my mom, who was my everything, my best friend, my confidant, someone I spent a ton of time with, was diagnosed with ALS. Mm. At the time, I was five months pregnant with her only grandchild. She suffered for two years, and I ended up taking off work to be her part-time caregiver for seven months. I worked full-time and had an infant at the time. All of this was very stressful and straining on my life, relationships, and mental health. She just passed in December of 2022. And I'm still heavily grieving this loss. And what an awful, awful way to end your life. ALS is just so
2: terrible. And for as hard as it is on the person, it's The people around you. Yeah, the people around take a huge hit. So she Mm. was really struggling and suffering as well. Got it.
3: Throughout this time, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were very unhelpful. They did not reach out to see how I was doing, did not offer to help us with childcare or anything else in our lives. My sister-in-law doesn't work because she's on disability and my mother-in-law's retired. Then come February, we held my mom's memorial. Well, my husband's family RSVPs no online with zero explanation and zero follow-up. No call, no text, nothing. I was devastated. This is these are people that she invited into her life
1: 14 years earlier and Since this time,
3: both my husband and I have spoken with his mom and told her how upset we were about what happened. But she just blames it on my sister-in-law saying that uh, my sister-in-law is uncomfortable with death because of their dad passing 16 years ago. And duh, no one likes death. But they were close with my mom and it's not about her. I've only seen them once since my mom passed. I can barely stand to be around them now. Where do we go from here? I just feel robbed of a supportive family with my mom now being gone, my dad trying to be there for us, but also grieving. And now my in-laws basically saying, we don't have the bandwidth for you. My mother-in-law is basically raising my sister-in-law's kid. We don't have any help with children, no real village to speak of. I find myself resentful seeing friends of mine whose parents and in-laws are so involved with their grandchildren's lives, seeing them every week, taking them for overnights, cooking meals just for the family. Generally, being emotional support for their children and grandchildren, we just don't have that. Any and all advice welcomed. Love you all. Call me Kay. I feel for you. Um, you're you've gone through horrible tragedies, and I don't mean to compare my children's young life with yours, but I feel you on the watching other people with support systems. John and I were the only people in our family living out here on the West coast. And until Riley was, I think Riley was, I was almost uh, just about to have Sean when we got Susie. Susie turned out to be just such a freaking lifesaver. She was Brazilian chick who now is married to a doctor and lives in Sacramento and runs her own spa. Like she's, she's this amazing woman. Now she was a girl uh, at the time, 20 plus years ago. And, uh, and that was, she got us through this. And you do have people around you. It's, you know, you're still grieving so, I so feel for you about your mom. Just what a terrible way to go. Um, And those people really let you down. I I don't know. I don't know how to make this better for you, except to say that as your kids, hope maybe you'll have more than one. I don't know. Get older, you'll meet other parents with kids the same age, and you will find your own village in that. I just know that that will happen. That's, you know, many of my very, very close friends and I met because I had kids, that we all had that in common, and we got them together, and they played, and we all went, oh, oh good Lord. Uh, so I say time will help this whole thing, but I don't have that much more to offer on this. I feel terrible for you. Your life fell apart. Ugh.
0: Hmm. Um, I'd say she's living with resentment and that's unhealthy for yeah. you yes Um, I don't think that based on what she said and you know everybody deals with death a different way and you know I do think that you should go to the funeral but also some people don't and they didn't necessarily try to hurt you
3: but they were very cold about it ben, that's uh, true
0: yeah, I mean, but it all started from that, right? Yes. It all started from the funeral That's and what it and like. paying respect to him when he passed or her, the mom. So I mean, maybe they were just saying, "Hey, I," she couldn't deal with it. Whatever I mean, and having, so it's you can't necessarily understand somebody's psyche, like what they what their perception of death is, and and people are afraid to go to funerals or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's healthy to at least. Forgive them for yourself um, and not hold that resentment for now. I mean, I don't think they're trying to hurt you, but maybe I could be wrong.
3: I just think that she feels like at this time in her life when her mom was ailing and she's pregnant with a kid and and then has a little bit like these people that she felt like she loved and supported all those years disappeared for her. Mm. Like, I just feel I feel that like really acutely like. Suddenly, everyone that she thought was there for her was just gone, including her mom, and it w- through no fault of her mom's. Right. It's just so. I, it's just sad. Finny, Alex.
2: Well, here's what I would say. First of all, I think Sarah, you hit the answer to the problem. That while ideally you would like to have family help you. Yes. And and oh, and I should add before I even get to the that what you explained about your own situation is what we're living right now as well like we christina has tried to get my mom to move here she's tried to get her mom to move here she's tried to get her dad to move here like and all of that effort is because we need help Hmm. we need help you want people around that can help you in a pinch in most scenarios most days you kind of are prepped and and you gather yourself and you look at your day and you go we got this. You do that, I do this, we get this, I'll get the right. shopping. But on any given day there's there are curveballs and you would love to have someone who can step in and help. Right. And most families don't have that. I know. Most don't. I think that there are a lot of families out there and I and I hear these stories single moms with three kids. Yes. and they don't have that or whatever. So I'm not saying, you know, pull your boots on and get with the program. But I am trying to say you're not alone. It happens to a lot of families. I think that as Sarah was reading the letter and I kind of gathered that the dad's gone, the mom's now become hyper dependent on the daughter Mm -hmm. and the daughter is obviously codependent as well. Yeah, there's they've something become, going on there. Yeah, they've become their own little universe. That's their thing. Like, I, I get that. That sounds stupid. Like that. So you you can't go help a family member in need, or you can't be at a funeral. You can't send a bouquet of flowers, and I'm sorry for your loss. Or even you just can't a do any of that. Call, right? It's so cold. So I get what your feeling but i also think you need to look at what that scenario is and recognize it for what it is they're not two people living out loud living a full life they are two codependents hiding in the house that is a great way to put it they're not living so, a full life they're they're not ex- and and that's clearly what you know one of the things that's come out of this mental health movement and i'm all for it so do mm-hmm. not you know mistake what i'm about to say but we have greenlit a lot of people just taking the easy out we've greenlit a lot of people saying that's too hard and scary i don't want to do it and i'm not and that's okay you don't have to we don't want to push people but you know hard and scary things overcoming those things is part of what life is about Life's challenges. challenges, Right. You learn that you can. I think that's one of the best things in life is looking at that thing that you don't think you're going to pull off and trying anyway. And maybe you only made it halfway. Maybe you crashed and burned. (laughs) But at least you tried. These are people not living their full life. I, I would really just try to, I, this is what I would try to, I don't know that you want to forgive them or reach out to them or help them, but they probably feel like they're the ones that need the help. I, what I would say is you got to build your friend network. That yep. what Sarah nailed it. You have to like, and her best friends are people who had kids her kid's age. My have best got, friends, right? They're, they're still together. And even though their kids are grown and went to separate colleges and stuff, because of those years together, yep. so that's all I can suggest is that that when I heard Sarah say that, I was like, she just said the answer. That's it.
3: it unfortunately, with your kid only being two years old, it may take you a little more time. You know, it, for me, it really started when my kids got into full kindergarten, et cetera. But yeah, I you know you made some great points about mental, about living a life in full. There are people, fine, okay, they're having mental problems, they're codependent, whatever their situation is, that isn't your situation and don't spend your life and your time being mad at these people and their reaction to what you're going through. Instead, find ways to live your life as fully as possible. You have a lot. You still have uh, your husband and your beautiful son. You have your little family unit you have your dad who is also grieving. Make sure you're reaching out to him. Your brother, if you've said you don't get along with great. Just take stock of what you do have. Find those positives and continue to live your life in full. Don't let this and the loss of your mom shut you down or diminish you because you become so bitter and mad about it. Your mom would not want that for you. She wants you to be happy. I'm sure she felt terrible you having to go through the last years of her life with her. Uh, and now she would want you to be happy and free.
2: Yeah. And I don't, I, again, I, I know people are going to be quick to jump on cause I watch it on the text. They jump on things where you're like, Oh my God, you are yeah. really a trigger finger. But I, I want to say, I understand there's a line between a healthy person being a chicken and needing to be pushed to go to that job interview or the thing that, that or do the karaoke night they sure, practice. Whatever it is. But here they are now and they just can't get up there. And you gotta, you know, sometimes people do need a push and they do need to be encouraged and told, you can fucking do this. Stop being a baby, pull yourself together and go face whatever you're afraid of. Right. And, and I know there's also on the other side of that line is the person who's gonna crumble. And who's going to fall apart and who can't make it. And so I'm not trying to say I don't know those people, but it sounds like they're on the other side of the line. For them to just be so shut down to you and your feelings and the things you're going through. I think that they are they must be on the other side of that line. I don't think you're going to anyone can pep talk them into life. And so there it is. You know, I, I realize so certain sad. people have serious mental health problems. Other people are just chickens and need to be called out on that.
4: Right. And, and I don't think too, that's And just that.
3: remember, this too shall pass. You will learn from this. You will, you know, you'll take advice maybe from us, maybe from other people, maybe from your husband. Maybe you just like find some strength in yourself and you power through this. Things, things get better.
2: And I would say- while we're, while we're talking about that, or maybe while I'm talking about that weird line between chicken and real mental health issues, you know, any one of us, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Sarah for the sake of example. And maybe, well, I actually know she blacks out during things. So wh- like Sarah, imagine your first job interviews at a radio station. Imagine you're flying, them. like, imagine that. <laughs> The practice show that you or the the try like I had to do a tryout in Chicago by myself, and it wasn't that I had to because I don't have to get a job in radio. I could do, but I want a job in radio now. This is how what I got to go do. Like there are things where you're petrified, absolutely, and you got to talk yourself over the ledge and do it, and and find a way to breathe and find a way. And so I just I guess if anything I'm encouraging people who feel that fear not to just take the out because people will excuse you as having a mental health issue try fight
3: it <laughs> try fight back against it
2: yeah try, try. It. and if it really is that bad then I understand what you're going through and I get it but if it's if it's really something that you uh, that you can overcome the you pride you'll feel when you do will will encourage you to do more in life
3: yep you should live your life in full I really I thought that that was actually sort of a stunning sentence that you said in regard to the people living out in Fresno and those are people who are in a house that's their world and they're not living their life in full they've just they've accepted that this is all life is for them what the Mm -hmm. fuck else are they going to do do not become those people live get out there if you're bored with your life shake it up if you're sad about the situation you're in, do what you can to, to change it and just, you know, fight against it. Don't just say, well, this is how it is."
2: And this fight isn't it. meant to shame anyone. It's meant to inspire no. people. So Let's if there's hope. someone out there who's about to write in and say, hey, you're a bit. No, we're hoping to, for that person on the just on shy of a real problem. To encourage them to try and and even fail, and it will still leave you feeling better than having never tried at all.
3: Yep, and may give you the braveness that you the courage to take on the next thing mm-hmm. that you might also fail at. Alex, anything? I mean, that seventies mustache—it's <laughs> like such a smart choice. You must have great sage advice.
2: There's yeah. great wisdom behind those teeth, Sarah. Give him a second. <laughs>
4: I don't think so. Uh, I can relate to Vinny a lot, though. I remember uh, first getting here and being pretty terrified when I first got in here. So uh, just being able to push through that fear and to be where I'm at right now is uh – almost like a miracle to me. I'm so. very
3: proud of you actually. You're actually a good example of exactly what Vinny just said. You were so nervous. I remember early days, long before the pandemic when you were you'd be in and you'd, you know, be trying to fill in for Brynn, and I could just see how nervous you were, but you were there and you were like, "Fuck it, I'm going to try." When to I do filled this. in for
4: Bryn, I thought I was going to just Combust. Die. Yeah, I think I thought that's I was what gonna, I started telling you. You're not, not going to die. Anymore.
3: You're not going to die. You know, no I was one just dies on so the radio.
4: Yeah, but, but you I did it exactly, exactly. And and I think I agree with uh, uh, Vinny as well on the um the the mental health stuff and things like that. Like one thing I see right now in sobriety is uh just kind of the enabling thing. You know, we want to like make excuses, I guess, for people. Yep. You know, and when I first got sober, it was like I know that um, sobriety is a thing where you want to be, you want to help somebody. But sometimes when you're trying to help them, you hurt them. And I think that I needed a push in sobriety. I needed not people to be mean to me, but to tell me the truth, be honest, and really give me a push. Yeah. So uh, I relate to that as well. And also what Bryn said, you can't, uh, I feel like you can't hold on to those resentments because they will eat you up. So yeah, and when role. I say
0: like forgive them, like, I mean, just for yourself, you don't necessarily have to go out and reach out and hang with them just just don't let, see that, that you're right. so pissed about them and you don't you know don't let that get you to up you. it gets right. you up it fucks up your life so 100% anyway
3: I think we did a great job and then all the therapists are gonna write in and be like oh. I can't believe you are such a good therapist
2: and if you guys think about something real quick real quick let me just add this that sister by yeah. the way after her mom passes If things go in the order that they should. Yeah. She has been a shut in and has been completely codependent on her mom her whole entire life. Not just her childhood, but her adult life. Yep. She might actually have the nerve to need you on the other side of that. (laughs) And you're going to be like, what the fuck? You are coming to me for help now?
3: But maybe that'll be an opportunity for you to be generous and to help her. Right And and, uh, and maybe you can save someone because you were able to let this go.
2: Right. That's my point.
3: You know what? We're so goddamn good. I don't know how we do it. So I just don't know how we I do it. I can't believe I am such uh, a good person.
4: I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't, because when you're talking on the
3: radio you never remember what you say. You're just blobbing <laughs> it out. That's how it works. Was it good? I can't remember. That no, was great. Really fucking good. Bye! Absolutely. Have a great Friday, you motherfucker. The <laughs> end. Ha ha ha!